0: What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. I hope you are having an excellent week. And here we are. It's almost the weekend, baby. Lots of good things happening. There's a lot of light in the world. Of course, the darkness is unrelenting. But the light will always shine through. Have faith in that. Because that is the truth of the situation. Right now... Before we get started, I'd like you to take three deep breaths, whatever you're doing. If you're driving in your car, if you're sitting at your desk, wherever you are right now, let's take three deep breaths together in through the nose, deep into the belly, exhale through the mouth. One. Two. On this third breath, I really want you to just sigh it out, let it all go. Doesn't that feel good? I am in love with breathing. It's probably my favorite thing. Drives my wife nuts, but makes me feel excellent. So today's episode is the first of what I feel needs to be a multi-part series on masculinity. Um, you know, my purpose with this show is to really explore the deeper truths and deeper meanings of our life and masculinity, manhood, uh, being a man, What is the truth of that experience is something that feels very heavy on my mind. It feels, I feel very compelled to explore it, to acknowledge it, to talk about it as I really feel. My birthday is October 14th, coming up next Wednesday, and I feel as though over the last couple of years, honestly, I've really been stepping into my manhood. And what that means and what that looks like. And what are the truths of that? What are the falsehoods of that experience that I am currently shedding or have been shedding? The untrue ideas, uh, cultural idioms that have been placed upon me as I've grown up in America. Um, What those things are. What, What does a young teenage boy in the year 2020 what is his view of masculinity what is what is the picture he's painting for himself of who he is going to become in his life as a man uh and these are the ideas we explore in this episode my I'm joined by my brother Gus Britton I always love to have Gus I think he's a very deep thinker very expanded mind He's got a lot of great thoughts on this and he turned me on to this guy, Robert Bly, who is an American poet who um, during the 90s, early 90s, he did a number of talks on masculinity and really he was, he's, he's a very foremost thinker in the world on, on the topic of masculinity and manhood and um, it's beautiful. It's profound it's been very heart and mind expanding for me to listen to his talks and his views on things. So I felt as though it was time to hop on this train with the ebb and flow. So I think you guys will enjoy it very much. Men in particular women. I think you'll get a lot out of it too. And I'm curious to know your thoughts, um, on, on my perspective, our perspective on manhood and womanhood, and what those things look like, um, and yeah, that's about it, y'all. Uh, before I send you guys off, if you're interested in the best coffee in the world, head over to InvaderCoffee.com. Use code The Ebb and Flow, all one word, for 15% off your next order. Their coffee is fantastic. It's organic. It's low acidity. It's veteran owned by my brother Wes Whitlock. Um you can't go wrong. They've also got an amino acid creamer blend, which is off the chain. Um and I think you guys will enjoy it very much, especially you coffee drinkers out there. So all of that being said, lots of love to you guys. Thank you so much for your support and listening and following me or going with me on this journey into the unknown, into the, the deeper realms of our experience as human beings. Um, all I ask is that you show your support through rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple and Spotify. That's the great greatest way you guys can show support to me. Share it with a friend, family member. If there's someone you think an episode could really help, please share it with them. That means the world to me so thank you guys so much until next time I'm out of here peace you have unlocked the eternal link to internal source the key of imagination your admission access to the enlightened dimension a gateway at the junction of darkness and light the place at which the chaos of our conditioned frame of mind Give way to a life in constant flux, only to be mastered through vigilant discipline. Peaceful times may come, testing times may go. This is the Ebb and Flow. What's up everybody? Welcome to the Ebb and Flow podcast. It's me, Evan Britton here again. Glad to be with you all. Thank you for joining. Today's topic of discussion on becoming a man. Manhood, masculinity. What is the truth of it all? What are the cultural idioms that young men are functioning under, young boys are striving to become? This is a very challenging time for young males in finding their way into true masculinity as we have as my brother Gus, who is here with me today. Hello. Gus, it's great to have you.
1: It's great to be here.
0: We were in a group session earlier this morning and you brought this topic up and I thought it was wonderful and uh, you made a very acute observation that. It has been said many times, um, probably over the last century, that in this day and age, at least in American culture, perhaps in Western civilization, in particular, we lack the ceremonial transitions into manhood that many ancient tribes Used and thrived with mm. to usher boys into manhood. You go out into the woods with nothing but a spear to fend for yourself for a specific amount of time and you have to survive and you come back to the tribe a man mm. or you go to war and you become a man or you know such and such. You know, it's very manhood. There's an integral link between manhood and warriorhood mm-hmm. and. In our civilized situation that we find ourselves in, there's very little warriorhood left. Yeah. Unless you're an athlete. Right. Or unless you go into the military. Right. And you can find that, that you can touch that cornerstone of masculinity. Now, that is not all there is to masculinity. Mm Mm-hmm. There's much more. It's a much deeper experience. There's much deeper truths to the experience of manhood than simple warriorhood. However, true warrior ship leads to a true experience of manhood. Does that make sense? Yes. And so we're really lacking that in these days. Yes. You know, and the men... That boys have been looking up to probably since, you know, and this, this probably goes back to the greatest generation, the generation that fought in World War II, that group of men. That was probably mm-hmm. the last group of men uh-huh. in, civ- in the civilized world, in the first world, mm-hmm. to have a true experience of mm. pure masculinity or true masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was a time when this evil had arisen mm-hmm. in Europe and mm-hmm. Japan, these totalitarian, authoritarian, tyr- tyrannical forces of pure evil had had gained power and were really threatening the peace and serenity of the world of the global population. Mhm. Mostly with Hitler. I mean, I think with Japan, there was an element of that, but, it, you know, they were not, there wasn't the same genocide happening mm-hmm. with the Holocaust, et cetera, mm-hmm. throwing Jews in concentration camps. Yeah. As there was, you know, as in Germany. Um, and these young men from America, from England, from around the world, France, et cetera, hmm they banded together mm-hmm. in an effort to go and shut this shit down because they they knew in their heart there was sort there was this divine responsibility to go and fight against this evil right and from that point we have not had a situation like that right in which men have had to literally pick up arms To do something that is spiritually necessary. Right. For the globe. Yeah. For the tribal, for the global tribe. Yeah. I mean, now you could say we're facing a somewhat similar situation, but it's a much more spiritual and psychological war that's happening right now.
1: Yeah. Um, You brought up so many, so many important points. Um, Let's see how we can... uh, kind of break that down. First you brought up, I hadn't thought of the military, but that's a very obvious one. I had thought of the one much closer to me and us of sports and sports being a real for for and we're speaking about males here, of course. Sports being a real initiation process into becoming a man. Um you know and Probably the more violent sport, the better really be really football or rugby, I would say you know basketball to a degree, baseball fighting. baseball to a degree, fighting but you know the common sports of football and rugby in America we play football that's a real that's a really good initiator into manhood because not only are you bonded by the the team and you have responsibilities, but you're also bonded. With the masculine element of the coach, mm. which is the elder male yeah. guiding you, and now hopefully the coach is' an abusive and psychotic. see, I felt like i had I had you know run into an alcoholic psychotic coach in my football career, which was unfortunate. I wish I had had somebody different and it and it kind of and it really threw me off, but see now this is all. Relative to each person's own experience. Um, so that's one aspect. And then what you said also, which is so important, is the lack of rituals in the West. And we can see the catastrophic um, symptoms of that, particularly through Native Americans and the suicide rate and the drug addiction and the alcoholism that they've been put through with their uh, rituals being wiped out, which is horrifying. And, you know, for instance, what I had brought up this morning, somebody had pointed me toward this gentleman, Robert Bly, who's a poet, who is a poet. He's a very famous, I think he was the poet laureate for a very long time. And, um, I was listening to this talk of his about the colors red, white and black and the masculine the masculine elements through those colors. Huh. And he talks about how red, white and black are the first colors we see as people in the womb. Wow. And then comes blue, yellow. But first it's red, white and black and he took and he took me through this audio through the different historical aspects of red white and black whether it be norse culture or african culture or some other aboriginal culture and the trajectory of becoming a man is red first then white then black Mm. now how it pertains to red in this anger issue and what you brought up of the war is so red equates to blood Mm. and war and Violence, violence, aggression, which is the initial stage for the man. Now, women have different stages as it pertains to the red, white, and black. So then you get to white, which is a which is a more um, which has to do with like semen and saliva and purity and more of the fluidity of life, fluidity and the familial element, Uh and then you move into black which is more ponderous and of course death there
0: seeking the unknown
1: yes the unknown the blackness of 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 all of it reflection mm. so we don't like That's you deep. like you said you know and this is where i think that sport element you know you got to kick a lot of ass and and, sh- and shed some blood and make other people shed some blood through your football career, which is a really helpful stage. And get my ass kicked. Yes, and get your ass kicked to be in that red period. Initially, mm-hmm. um, and then he talks particularly about, like you said, going out with the spear. In the African sense where you are initiated into your manhood through the hunting through the bloodshed which we can't do anymore and what are we what are we really talking about here eb we're animals at the end of the day <laughs> we're animals that have developed profound consciousnesses and egos. So this is a very tricky thing. And then with the advent of technology. So you took us from World War World War II. So then we got to Vietnam where we didn't want to go to war. But then Bly was saying. Bly was saying particularly he was deprived of his red when he was younger. Mm. He was really in um, white. He said in his neighborhood, he, they used to call him and his brother. I think the 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 good Bly boys. Huh. So they weren't into that. Um,
0: they didn't like that, or no, they
1: weren't given that opportunity mm. to be in their red. Mm. And so he had. So he said, "I got to express some of my red during the Vietnam War when I started with, uh, I believe it was David Rabe, who's the the playwright." Poets against Vietnam. Mm. So they got to express some of their red against that. So then Bly brought up this point. So you've got all these kids with with either checked red where you're like on a football team or unchecked red. So you have gangs that are fully in red with no male elders. He also talks about how deeply important it is for the cultivation of red as it pertains to becoming a man of having that older figure mm-hmm. having the male figure guide you. Yeah. And he says in the African community there's a really strong element of the older male yeah saying no, that's not what the fuck you do. Right. Get the fuck out of here.
0: Yeah, who sets the tone.
1: Yes. Yeah. So I no, thought that was interesting.
0: Oh, uh, it's very interesting. Um you know we're lacking that and our fathers you know I'm saying the general of our generation our fathers were lacking that you know we didn't have because I think men have been in chaos for a while now Yeah, and men right now are facing this thing and you know men right now are facing this thing of total emasculation mm-hmm. and the where masculinity has been funneled to in the 21st century is through linguistic expression which is being slowly and slowly slow, trickle by trickle it's being dismantled and disallowed mm-hmm. and you're 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 really not allowed to be a man anymore mm-hmm. in many ways, you know the little bit of masculinity that was left, which was a uh, a far cry from the truth and what we're all all men are dying for, because I think at the end of the day it is in man's nature to be a hunter mm-hmm. it's in man's nature to go out seeking adventure, Uh seeking the hunt, go out and kill an animal to provide for your tribe, go out and do work, Mm -hmm. build a home, build a fucking, you know, a vehicle of transportation, (laughs) go out and, you know, put yourself into the world and come back bearing treasures and gifts for your people, for your family, for your tribe. That's what, manhood is all about see women have a built-in purpose Mm -hmm. and i'm not talking about i'm not this is not some like you know (laughs) anti-feminist sentiment i have here women have a built-in purpose and a built-in gift of being able to give birth yeah men don't have this right and i was talking to uh i was talking to kirk kirk westwood i went and we did a pod this weekend Uh uh-huh And he said men get the same hormonal rush that women get giving birth. This all-encompassing sense of unity, oneness, uh, being of service, completion, success that women experience when they're giving birth. Men experience this when they're in completely chaotic situations of aggression violence, teamwork, brotherhood. Uh-huh, interesting. So being at war, being on a team. Right. In a violent sport. Right. In particular. Because, I mean, I, Gus, you, you're a lifetime basketball player, and, you know, basketball is obviously a fantastic game, but I don't think, and, and baseball, golf, you know, you don't learn the same lessons in yeah. those sports that you learn in, say, football, Hockey, fighting, Hockey, rugby. yeah, I forgot
1: hockey, yeah. Right. You know,
0: where there's this physical... It's a combat sport, Yeah, you know, at the end of the day. It's, right. It's part of the game to be physical. Right. Uh, to dominate another person. I mean, basketball back in the 90s was yeah. that. But yeah. nowadays, basketball has turned into a... Right. You know, it's a completely finesse game.
1: Well, which is funny because I do notice... uh Certainly, basketball's a lot less physical than football or rugby or hockey, but I do notice like if I play pickup games, there's always a gravity toward getting a little bit more physical,
0: sure I'm sure oh, of you course. know yeah. fucking
1: somebody up, yelling, you know it's just what it that it it happens like that um
0: so that being said, yeah. You know, men are dying for this sense of masculinity, this true sense of of wholeness in your manhood.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, and we had talked about it recently, or I brought it up briefly, of why the prevalence of UFC now? Right.
0: <laughs>
1: exactly. It's because we're in a crisis of masculinity. Absolutely. We're We're in a disappearing, disappearance of that red in masculinity. Yeah. So people are drawn also, I think what's 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 um the the um draw toward ufc is that it's individual like when you play foot you need a team you need a feel like with ufc at least it's like oh okay i could i could do this it's just me here you know you have your team i'm saying it's more accessible actually um the the, the, the ufc Yeah, being a martial artist, like you can still do that into your later years, I I believe. Yeah, for sure. Like you can't play football when you're fucking. Yeah, well, I think
0: that's you know that's one of the that's part of the beauty of what guys like Joe Rogan and Jocko Willink and this crew of of I think neo elders, they're sort of the neo male elders Uh who have who have come forth in. This current age, where they're talking about all these things and showing men that hey, get into jujitsu, right? You know, you don't have to be a fucking professional to enjoy it or to get something out of it. Just go and do it, yeah, and and toil and combat, get into combat, right? You know, because that feeds your masculine spirit mm-hmm. to such a a great extent. That's so fulfilling and positive. Yeah. You know, so I think one of the one of the things I wanted to get clear on in this podcast was what is a in 2020, what is a young, what is a teenage boy's view of what being a true man is? What does that look like? Because in a world where we don't have the opportunity to go out and take part in rituals that galvanize your manhood, galvanize you in your manhood, galvanize you in your masculinity. What is it? What is being a man? I know for a long time, masculinity seemed to be this thing of how many girls can you screw? How many, how little emotion can you show don't cry don't show emotion don't get upset don't do this it was a lot of negatives you know it was a lot of living in the negative disallowment Mm -hmm. of yourself right does that ring true for you
1: well uh, there's another well first i want to go back to the female thing just for just for a second uh the females have a tangible physical initiation into womanhood through their menstruation cycle so when they begin their period they sense that the woman the womanness is has flowered mm. and men don't have that um so i just thought i thought that was an important well we
0: have it ours is just so much more subtle we don't have the physical demonstration of that
1: yeah i know Right. We right. don't, which is which is very much a thing that yeah. females yeah, yeah, get, that yeah. men don't get. Um, yeah. I but mean,
0: we have a hormonal shift, obviously. But puberty,
1: yes. Testosterone. Um, but something else Bly said is the first taste of red is when your sexual chakra opens, huh. which you just brought up the sex element of, like, sleeping with women. Now, that, to me, if there's no war, if there's no kicking ass and the only the only thing you have to explore the red is this opening of the sexual chakra that can become very deviant and very gluttonous and very uh bullshit
0: problematic it's false
1: problematic and um self-serving and confused which i believe this is a bit of my theory goes into why something like rap music is so popular today because it feeds that red of huh. materialism it feeds that red of sex money and power which is the only thing though that's very limiting that's very limiting for a young man right. to witness right um and to your to to your question I have no clue what the vision of masculinity is today
0: well that's what it is isn't it it's have sex with as many partners as you can make as much money as as you can gain as much power and respect as you can these are all completely empty endeavors right you know you once you get to the top of the mountain of having had as much sex with as many people as possible you're still not fulfilled there's still that you know, you're still empty inside.
1: Right. You're you're the top of the bottom of the barrel, as they say. As
0: Howard Hughes said, "One woman is too many, and a thousand isn't enough." Yeah, you know. So you're in this mentality of, "Oh, if I just have sex with all those women over there, then then I'll I'll feel better. Right. Then I'll get right. it. Then right. I, I'm really feeling my masculinity." Then, mm-hmm. nope, nope, because then it's more and more and more and more, and it's never enough. Money, same thing. You can Mm -hmm. make millions of dollars. Make millions and billions of dollars. Make all the money you could ever fucking dream of. You're still not going to feel whole if that's all you think is going to make you whole. Mm -hmm. Gain all the power and respect. Gain it all, baby. Get Mm -hmm. all of it. Get to the top of that mountain. You'll find out, well, that wasn't it either. I'm still fucking empty. I'm still seeking. I'm still looking for that thing to fill me up. I'm mm-hmm. still waiting for that person's respect. Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting for those people over there to acknowledge me and tell me how fucking badass I am. Yeah, And that'll never happen.
1: Yes. And see, another thing I think why some of this shit has gotten confused is the comfortability technology has afforded. You don't have to go hunt your food. You don't even have to go and work a job somewhere else. You know... There's something about that that's really important. The excess of comfort has confused things. And it's made us reconsider our gender. Mm. And it's made us think that gender is not really a necessity. And now we have the dawning of the age of Aquarius, which I think is, or maybe we're in the teenage years of the age of Aquarius which I think goes along with your point of the emasculation of of us um, which I think is a more uh, nice way of saying it the the dawn this teenage of the Aquarius where and I don't know Eb will masculinity and femininity matter will it turn into a midsummer night's dream where everything is kind of mixed and melded and bestiality is accepted you know i don't know how where does it go because we're assuming we know what the proper evolutionary process is and that we should hold on to these tribal characteristics
0: well i think we're seeing the failure of civili- the first world civilization if it was working, we wouldn't be talking about this. There would be strong examples of men.
1: Yeah. yeah. All over the place. Yeah, it's interesting. You yeah. know? Yeah. Hmm.
0: I mean, and like you said, I mean, gender is a very fluid thing at this stage.
1: I mean, we were just watching that TikTok advertisement. Where it literally looked like a contemporary Midsummer Nights. I mean, it was like a couple men, a couple women, men dressed as women, women dressed as men. It was very, A a kind of utter confusion of who we could say, we could Um, say it's expression. Sure, that's fine. But it's also, I feel like expressiveness can be coupled with confusion.
0: Definitely, definitely. I think that there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of confusion out there. And it's exacerbated by the technology. It's exacerbated by advertising and marketing. And I say, I come back to these things, advertising and marketing, Mm -hmm. because it's such a potent form of media that we don't really acknowledge. You know, when you watch television at least 50% of what you're watching is commercials. Mm -hmm. And those commercials have a deep impact on your psyche and how you think and view, view the world. Yeah. You know? And when you're bombarded with advertisements telling you about all the things you lack and that you need to acquire the happiness you're desperately seeking it creates this chasm in yourself of confusion Mm -hmm. and disruption where you don't really know what's you and what's the advertising.
1: Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes, and I mean, it's interesting. When you brought that up, when we were watching that commercial, which came on during a football game, which is funny, um, when we were watching that TikTok commercial, which showed all of these different, I don't know, identities and personas, you had kind of paused and we looked at each other and kind of were trying to parse out what we just witnessed the first I didn't say it out loud, but the first now that I'm thinking about it, the first thing that came to my mind was this is an advertisement that's pandering to whatever the whatever they think is becoming the culture uh-huh, so they had to incorporate these characters, yeah. And that's 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 totally what you're saying well, it's the advert advertising influencing what's going on and having to and I'm not even saying the pandering thing as a bad thing it's just a it's a necessity of the evil of it or yeah. just the necessity of the the machine of it,
0: yeah. It's part of the machinery,
1: which may not even be the true machine, because I imagine the percentage of transgender people is very small
0: in the in the American population. Or in the, the American and population? the global
1: population, it's a very small percentage.
0: Well, mind you, this didn't but even seem the... to be a transgender thing. This looked like a commercial for RuPaul's Drag Race
1: right right i'm just bringing up an example yeah i mean it was
0: so it was just so i you know and hey i I love that too i'm all about it yeah we're not i just thought it was really interesting how this commercial for tiktok yeah was 90 percent that
1: yeah this is i got
0: confused about what i was even watching
1: yeah. I mean, I mean, do we, I don't even, I don't even know if we need to say this, but just for the audience, this isn't about it being bad or good. Uh, this isn't, this isn't about,
0: well, there's, you very... shouldn't
1: dress up as a woman or a woman shouldn't dress up as a man. That's fine. I think Eb and I are just parsing out what we're witnessing and observing.
0: Well, it's becoming this thing. You should be, if you're a man, you should be ashamed of yourself Yeah, just for being a man. Yeah, yeah. Just for being a heterosexual male, you should be, you should live with a certain amount of shame about that, right? And that is fucked. Yeah, yeah. That's absolutely awful and wrong. It's a disaster, and as 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 devious and fucked up as all the other shit going on. Right. Fucking, you know, because it's destroying men. It's destroying young boys. Yeah. You know, in our understanding of things. You know, what does it mean to be a real man? What does it mean to be a true man? What is true masculinity about? Well, it's about being a provider. It's about being accountable to people. It's about taking responsibility for yourself. It's about honor. It's about being trustworthy. It's about being true to your word. It's about true fucking intimacy. Mm -hmm. I listened to that Osho talk, Fear of Intimacy. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all terrified of allowing anyone to see who we truly are. Mm -hmm. And men have gotten to this place through this false sense of masculinity where we think it's not okay for people to see us in our vulnerability and in our emotions and feeling things. But I have to say that to me, the, the men that I look to nowadays who I view as great examples of masculinity and manhood are the men who acknowledge their vulnerability, who are willing to acknowledge the fact that they feel things, who are, who allow themselves to cry, who allow themselves to let, let go. You know, these are the, these things, these ideas that I just mentioned are really what the foundation or are the fundamentals of masculinity. You know, true masculinity, being able to delineate between right and wrong. You know, pornography has been incredibly disruptive. To the male psyche. Yeah. And thinking, you know, this. This wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, just fucker and run type of mentality is an acceptable form of quote unquote love or example of what love is. It's destroying women are not. You know, this is doing nothing for relationships. Oh, of course. You know, if you can't be intimate with your partner and share an experience of true love which is just letting your guard down being vulnerable with a person and it's just all about getting to the coming then it it becomes it's fucked up it becomes disruptive yeah I mean it's let's spiritually disruptive
1: yeah <laughs> Let's also face it, that sexual experience is never interesting and never no. fun. It's always the worst sexual. I mean, there's nothing interesting about that. Um, or complex or fucking any of it. Um, well, block- when
0: it's all, if it's all about the orgasm, you're always left with the sensation of, man, that wasn't really what yeah. I thought it would be. No, <laughs>
1: it sucks doesn't work that way. You know. Unfortunately, guys. You think
0: it's going to be this like earth-shattering thing that leaves you feeling that gives you this experience of God. Nope. And there you're left with your dick in your hand, feeling yep. sorry for yourself and ashamed of yourself. Yeah. And I know there's there'll be men out there going, "Man, fuck that, dog. Fuck that. It's all about coming, dude." It's like, "Okay, man.
1: Good luck, brother.
0: Have fun. Have fun <laughs> with that." Good luck. Let me know in a couple years when you're suicidal and depressed, yeah, 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 because you've spent your whole life thinking sex and relationship with women was all about just yeah. fucking coming.
1: Yeah, yeah. Have fun in the same way, hoping drugs are going to enlighten you. Yeah, it's just not going to work. I mean, yeah. yes, they're they're keys in the same way having sex is a key to being closer. I believe to what's really going on. Mm. Um. But Bly also talks about how John Wayne didn't really work. You know, we look at John Wayne as a kind of um, as a kind of, uh, you know, supreme masculine figure. But John Wayne always kisses the girl and rides off alone. Right. You know, that doesn't work. And God (laughs) bless John Wayne. But, you know, that just uh, there's not much you can do with that. Yeah. So, oh, you you know, you said something in passing the other day, which was funny, which I've been thinking about. And you kind of brought it up today a little bit. I had gotten I got a new car recently and I was showing you and your wife the car and you you had said you said, isn't it funny how we want to show each other the cars and. I had thought about that. I had thought, because I just, I don't know, I think about, you know, why is that? Why did I want to do that? Because, and I was thinking, so if we peel that back, if we peel that back to a more natural state where it's not cars but horses, we want to show people how we get around and, and what's our mode of transportation to fulfill our lives in a way. And I was also, so I thought that was kind of funny. It is funny. Um, but I was, and then I was thinking about this thing I wanted to talk to you about. I was thinking about it like a week, week or so ago. So, you know, essentially in this world, we have everything. We have the food at our fingertips. We have the health care at our fingertips. We have all the entertainment at our fingertips. But we still feel this need to do things. Of course. Of course. But why is that? Because we're here to do shit. (laughs) I know, but that's a really interesting part of the DNA makeup. Why can't we just stay home and be okay? Which I think is an important thing to ask. Why can't we just do that? Well, I And think, we have to go out and kind of see shit a little bit.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think there's a... You have to get to the point where you are okay with just being before you can truly go and have an experience of the doing mm-hmm. of life. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. But elaborate.
0: So, I mean... Because we can't all be, I mean, maybe we could be, but I don't think everyone is inclined in this way to be monks or spiritual gurus in a cave or in a temple meditating all day and praying all day. Now, part of that really appeals to me. I'm really interested in that. I could spend a lot of time doing that. But that being said, I also have this undeniable urge in myself to go out and seek adventure. Now, before I started on my true spiritual path, you know, in the last five years or so, where I've really been getting to the core of who I am, how I function, the mechanisms of my being, my my idea of doing was perverted it was it was out of balance because i had this sense of my security and sense of well-being was tied to how much i'm doing how much i'm fucking getting out there and meeting people and doing things and starting businesses and doing all this shit and you know and it was it was unfulfilling and even disruptive to my life because I had no sense of just being and being okay with just being. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think it's really important that we all come to this. We all do the work because you have to do the work. And when I say do the work, it's doing the work in yourself, doing Mm -hmm. the work inside of yourself to reach this level of, okay. I've gotten to a baseline of being okay with me, with just me, who I am, how I function, surrendering to yourself, whether that's through meditation or a psychedelic experience or, you know, self-help groups or whatever it might be. You come to this place where you surrender to yourself and you come to a certain level of awareness where you acknowledge your need for constantly achieving and doing shit, right? Right. But then you have to get to a point, but then for me, because I've thought about it, and maybe this goes to my birthday being the day of moderation. I'm a Libra. My whole life is about balance and Mm -hmm. the scales and keeping everything in order and alignment. Mm -hmm. My birthday is literally called the day of moderation. So if I go way extreme on one end, I have to balance out the scales by going extreme back the other way. And through that process, I found a nice balance of stillness and action. Mm Mm-hmm. But only through my seeking have I been able to achieve that understanding in myself. Yeah. But thinking about it for me, this idea of living on a mountaintop and meditating all day, I love it. I appreciate it. Having solitude, uh, being in a place of total peace and serenity. You know, I'm constantly seeking that out. But on the other hand, I'm very much interested in I have a, it it excites me to participate in the dance and the flow of the universe and the dance of life in this weird (laughs) modern era that we find ourselves in. Right. Where there's things to do and people to meet and conversations to be had and foods to eat. And, you know, there's all of this magnificence and creativity and art and fucking music and Mm -hmm. you name it. We have access to it. Yeah. And that's part of the beauty of the place of this era mm-hmm. of civilization. Yeah. So, if the, I don't know if that answers your question, but I think, to me, you know, my life, and I think that there's, like, and, and with genders, too, you know, there's varying degrees. There are so many gradients of variance uh-huh. in the degrees from total stillness to complete chaos yeah you know and i like to find myself somewhere right in the middle of that
1: yeah i mean i i would hope i think everybody at the end would want to to me that's what but then to that sorry not but Uh just to finish this out but
0: you have to recognize in the dance and the flow of the universe as there is the light and the dark the yin and the yang the black dot and the white part and the white dot and the black part of the the symbol of the dao mm-hmm. or what is it the tai chi symbol
1: yeah it's one of those
0: um, i'm not sure you guys exactly. know what i'm talking about the yin yang there are just as there is the spiritual guru who sits in the ashram meditates all day And people just come to them to be blessed and to see him smile at them. See him or her just smile and glance at them with that look of pure love and acceptance. There is also the person on the other end of that spectrum who is, who wholly enjoys and lives in complete chaos and disruption.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that's... uh individual as well and um you, you mean know, on an individual basis. yeah yeah and yeah, then i would sure. hope the person that's in chaos wants to get closer to balance maybe at some point once maybe. they awaken
0: but that book the right use of will says it talks about if you believe in this sort of thing which i do that there's people that some souls come into this world and want nothing to do with the light
1: yeah i mean they that's want fine.
0: death and destruction and darkness
1: yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I need to think. I need to think about that. I need to that, see. That's you know why I say that, because it's a little hard for me to take. It's a little yeah, hard it's for me hard it's,
0: to it's it's it's, 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 um, it's unsettling to imagine a bit that there are individuals in the world. But
1: well, it's a bit unsettling, too, because I'd be afraid I, I was that individual. but i don't think you know uh, uh, yeah so that you
0: have you have a sense of i'm going to use this word and i know there's probably people listening to this who are who like to say because i posted this thing the other day that truth is like gravity and i had a handful of people go gravity doesn't exist and i'm like okay dude well I appreciate that. So use gravity as a term to describe or illuminate the energy of magnetization that all things function under and
1: through. Right, right. So. What were you going to say? You have what?
0: So, I was going to say, you have a a gravitational pull, again, and use that as maybe it's interchange the word magnetization. I don't know. You have a gravitational pull towards the light. Right, right. Towards seeking out this, the truth in you. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Is
0: in the light
1: yeah no i feel that and i don't know what anybody's talking about gravity doesn't well, exist. they're you just ca-
0: they're they're caught up in this idea that you know they're caught up in the words but of
1: metaphorically it. so gravity's know, certainly a thing you could a meta- say of course stop of course. stop it's just
0: like you're trying you're really trying to be the smart guy
1: the semantics of that are ridiculous you're
0: trying to be the super metaphysical smart guy
1: yeah Well, you're not being metaphysical if you're saying gravity doesn't exist. I mean, gravity is a perfectly reasonable way to uh, describe, characterize whatever you want to characterize.
0: Describe the energy of something. Yeah, exactly. Okay. uh, Yeah.
1: So they need help, and we love you. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. um, Get out of your own way. What I was going to say was uh, I totally understand what you're saying, and it's beautiful because... I'm in a place now, me personally, I'm in a place where I'm trying to check in with just being. I was doing all this shit. Yeah. Traveling to all these places, (laughs) metaphorically flying blind. Yeah, yeah. Not knowing what the fuck I was doing. Mm -hmm. And now I've stepped back and I'm like, whoa, what am I even doing when I drive to the grocery store? You know? So I'm trying to now I'm trying to consciously broaden my horizon of being not just merely doing unconsciously. And maybe this has to do with awakening. And once you awaken, you can't go back to sleep. It just doesn't work that way. So, you know, I totally relate to what you're relate to with what you're saying. I also want to say something about how I feel what tantra is mm. and i've heard osho you brought him up for example is a is a tantrika. so tantra to me is really about balance mm. yeah you're a tantrica if you're in balance so like sex for instance as it pertains to tantra is i feel like an easy one that comes to my mind it's not about being purely orgiastic In the same way, it's not about being purely celibate. It's about being in that middle zone of okayness with all the different colors. Mm. You might taste the different realms. Yes. But eventually you come back to balance where I think you don't even really participate in anything. Mm -hmm. But then you're also capable of, of participating in all of it. So I think that's a very tantric um practice. Practice you're yeah. in and that I'm that I'm in or wanting that we're wanting to be in or whatever of that balanced zone mm. where you know those realms are there. Um see, tantric to me is not you're just trying to have orgies or just trying right. to be celibate yeah. or just trying to do all the um drugs or whatever or nothing nothing i think it's about being in the flow mm. and being fluid yeah oh so then that brings me to back to our manhood thing which i think you brought up which you did bring up of me getting closer to myself so maybe becoming a man or becoming a woman can be more about Just getting closer to yourself, your capital S self, getting closer to the inside of your truth, Mm. getting closer to that blue dot inside you about what's the reality of who you are, which is about stripping away the layers of confusion so maybe that's where the masculinity or the femininity can growth grow from cuz I think we look at adults or male f- or um yeah adults as people that know themselves or as the 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 light of like you were asking what is what is a male today maybe it's a man that gives off the impression or the expression that they know who they are. Yeah. You yep. know, it's a very childish thing to put on the costume. And you know, we see that in teenagers or and such, you know. Mm-hmm. You wear the clothes that are in vogue or you start speaking the way that's in vogue because you have absolutely no idea who the fuck you are. Right. And you're trying on all these different coats mm-hmm. to see what feels right and at the end of the day that all gets stripped away. Like you said with the sex and money and power analogy. You you taste those realms and then you end up coming back. Mm. So maybe it's about getting just moving toward the truth.
0: I, I think you're right on. I think that's right on. That's a very distilled down way to put it. You know, when you're a kid, you look at adults and you think that they have it all figured out. And then you become an adult and you realize none of the fucking adults have any fucking idea what's going on. Yeah, that's been such a
1: trip for me.
0: You know. And listening to Ram Dass, this is what he's always talking about when he went on his trip. He was seeking out someone who knew. Mm -hmm. I want to meet somebody who knows. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Someone who knows what the fuck this life is Mm -hmm. because all the shit we've been doing, I've been doing, it's not, I don't know a fucking thing. Honestly, I'm still trying to figure out what anything is, Mm -hmm. but someone who knows you get to the bottom of yourself, Mm. you know, Alan Watts says this incredible thing of, you know, when, when people come to the gurus and the gurus establish all these ways to throw people into total spiritual chaos. Uh-huh. You know, they say, well, let me know when you tell me the answer to what's the sound of one hand clapping. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> and, and the students go and they try to fucking figure it out. And he's like, you're intellectualizing it, dude. Uh-huh. You're trying to figure it out. You're trying way too hard. Mm. you know or or it's amazing who were you before your mother and father conceived you you know and these questions they're arbitrary questions yeah. because they actually there is no answer they're they're meaningless
1: but they're chilling because they're the truth
0: right exactly and they bring you to the center and you're seeking out of trying to figure out what, what is the sound of one hand clapping <laughs> how do i even and you're like oh there's no sound there's right. nothing right that's not a clapping Mm. there's no such thing because you need a second hand to hear the sound of the for there to be a thing of clapping and the universe is like that Mm -hmm. there is no me without you Mm -hmm. there is no i without this world and there is no world without i Mm -hmm. because my brain And my eyes are this portal in which all of this information comes into and creates this this external, four-dimensional environment that I find myself in. But if I'm not here to experience it, there is no world out there.
1: But I I also can interpret that as, what is the sound of one hand clapping? The most pure vision. Of nothingness.
0: Right, exactly.
1: There's nothing there. Yeah. What are you trying to do? Exactly. <laughs> what are you trying to figure out? Exactly. Which I think comes back...
0: Stop trying to figure it out.
1: But I think that comes back to your doing as opposed to being.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Peace. Exactly. Well, I think that's what, you know, the the essence and the... The ultimate understanding that Ramdas comes to is to just be be here now. That's the that's the knowing. Right. Can we be here now? Can we stop trying to figure it out? Like he says he says that, you know, he has his first psilocybin experience with Timothy Leary. Where he sees all, he sits down on this couch and he sees all these aspects of himself and Mm -hmm. he thinks it's really interesting. And then he thinks to himself, well, at least I still have, I'm still here sitting on the couch in my body. And then he looks down and his body's like disappearing. His, His feet go away and his legs go away. And all of a sudden, he's just this consciousness hovering above a couch. And he said, this, this, horrifying scream welled up from the center of his being because he was so fucking freaked out and he ran outside into the snow into the cold and there he found this he found this true essence of being and ran home and was shoveling snow at three o'clock in the morning Mm. and he looked up and his his mother and father who were who had gotten up because they heard all this commotion outside. They come to the window and they say, what in the hell are you doing? Shoveling (laughs) snow at three o'clock in the morning. Get in here. You idiot. And he looked up at them with just like this rapturous smile, giggled, did a jig and then continued shoveling snow because he was like, who fucking cares? I'm having the time of my life. This is, he was just completely in the moment. Right. And he had this, this, this profound experience of oneness with everything. And he, and this was the igniting moment that he went in search of for the rest of his life. And, he, and even though he had this incredible moment of unity, of complete serenity to the moment, surrender to the moment. He said that was on a Saturday. He said by Wednesday he was talking about it as if it was in the past. He was talking about it as if it was something that he had experienced and it was over and he was intellectualizing this thing. Uh And he said, that's part of the, that was part of the, the issue Uh all along. Yeah. We're constantly trying to get back to the place we were at yesterday or Mm -hmm. let's chase the dragon over here to get back to this sensation or. Because I want to feel that. I need this thing. So I'm looking forward to the future of when I'll get that thing. Because then I'll be whole. Then I'll experience oneness. But if you can wind all that back and just get back to this moment of being, then you can really start to understand who you are. Yeah. And what you are.
1: And isn't it funny that we've created this absurd colloquialism where we say, or where people have said, Oh, no, I'm not a human being. I'm a human doing.
0: Do people say that now?
1: I've heard that a lot. Wow. Not recent, but I, I feel like that's a thing people say, which is actually, in what we're talking about, wrong. I've heard the... It's like, stop doing shit.
0: Yeah, I've heard the reverse of that, where people go, that's why you're called a human being, not a human doing.
1: Well, that's that's even better.
0: Yeah. That's the... that's. To me, that's what yeah. we're, we Well,
1: I suppose the Western would change it to, I'm not a human being, I'm a human doing.
0: But I think that, I mean, what you said, man, what is a true male? It's a man who's in touch with himself.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Completely. He's completely in touch with himself. Right.
1: Right. And put on a dress. Don't put on... It doesn't matter. Right. That shit doesn't matter. Right. When you're in touch with yourself, that doesn't matter. Right. Whether you wear mascara or not or whatever. Yeah. Uh,
0: that's that's totally arbitrary. Yeah. In the grand scheme of what is a true man, what is masculinity. I mean, because you wear work boots and fucking sleeveless shirts and go to your job on the construction site doesn't make you any more of a man than the guy I don't even know what's the counter example of that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But I think, you know, we get wrapped up in these things because we have no idea of what it is, of what yeah. it's supposed to be. So we're trying we're seeking it out. Yeah. Through these cultural idioms. Yeah.
1: I had this thing happen uh yesterday. I was at the park. I was sitting on the bench. I was sitting in I was reading. I was sitting in front of this uh fence and it was one of those fences that are like metal and have the little triangles that all connect Uh and stuff you know the chain link yeah yeah it was the chain link fence and I had this this thing happening where I was I would pause from reading and I would look at the fence and I would zone out or zone in and I would just it was this strange phenomenon I would just like see a couple of the triangles together and and then it would just melt away and then I'd go back into the bigger picture. And then I'd try and bring myself back into just a couple of the triangles and then it would melt away. And I was like, oh, that's kind of how fleeting it is to just being. I get like a couple. And I was thinking if I sat here and just. I don't know if practice is the word or just like. Did this for a long time. I believe I think I would be able to stay in the triangles for longer periods of time. But I was like, oh, that's an interesting kind of metaphor for the consciousness just being in the moment because it arises. And then it Mm. then you go away and then you got to kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Which brings me to this thing. Osha was talking about as concentration as opposed to watchfulness. He was saying drop concentration. 'cause that's a mind thing. Right. If you're just being watchful, you can just be present and be there. Mm. Because if you try and incorporate your mind, that's a different ball game. Yeah. Um yeah, so that was that was a I know it, funny I know thing. that
0: experience. It's it's that it's a focus thing. Yeah. Cuz you soften your focus and you see you almost don't notice the chain link fence, and you look through it, but mm-hmm. then you sharpen your focus and all you can see is the chain link fence right right um, well, I don't know where does that leave us dude what is what is the if you if you had to talk to your fourteen fifteen year old self and say, "Son." This is what you want to be a man or you're, you're, you're hoping to be a man one day. You're going to be a man one day. What is the most important thing you can remember?
1: I would say as long as you have the courage and the vulnerability Mm. to stay open, everything will be okay. (laughs) <laughs> it's
0: perfect. It's perfectly said, dude. Perfectly said. I think when we get shut down, when we get rigid, when we get too rigid in our ways and our thinking, when we become righteous, that's when problems and issues arise. Honestly, that's the only thing. That's the only. That's the. That's the problematic way of thinking. To become righteous in your in your ways. To become rigid. To think that there is only one way. Because then you get into a state of judgment. You get into a state of judgment and denial. Denial is not just a river running through Africa, my friends. <laughs> 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 uh, That's funny. As my buddy Kirk said. That's good. Um, you know, you get into a state of judgment and denial. And you lose sense of humility, humility is another key aspect of it,
1: yeah, absolutely. What would you say to your that ego death, but yeah. what would you say to your uh fourteen fifteen year old self yeah
0: man, i mean you I don't know if I could do any better than what you said, but I would say have compassion for yourself and everyone around you Mm. and then live with live with courage and always be true to who you are Mm -hmm. you know Because truth, I mean, you have to be, you have to, you know, this is so, it's so interesting because you get into these things and you say what, what it should be or what it should look like, or you say the, the universal truth, but then there's ways around that. There's sort of back doors and side entrances into how that can fail you. If you don't incorporate this other aspect.
1: Well, it's a process to get to the truth. Exactly. But I think what you said, what you added is really important. The compassion, not only for others, but for yourself.
0: You have to have compassion for yourself because if you don't have compassion for yourself, you can't have compassion for anyone else. Honestly, you can't have true compassion for anyone
1: else. And you won't allow the trip to happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because you'll be wrapped up in what you're not doing and what you're not accomplishing and how you're not good enough and and you'll live in a state, uh, again, you'll live in a state of judgment and denial. Mm-hmm. And that's the worst place we can be in as humans, man, woman, transgender, etc. Living in a state of judgment and denial is the root to complete and total destruction because when you're in that mode you can't allow anything you don't allow anything to happen in yourself and when you don't allow anything to happen in yourself or allow anything to just be there in yourself then you can't get anywhere and you're creating monsters you're constantly creating resistance and blockages because oh if i can't go there in myself because of this, because I don't believe this, or I can't allow this to be true in my world, then you're inhibiting yourself. Judgment and denial, these things, these are micro-deaths. You know, that is a trip to, that is a a route directly into death, which is, you know, the, the antithesis of life. Mm -hmm. Which, and again, I mean, I I don't mean to say that in a way where because I think we've already gotten to a point where our sense of death is so adulterated Mm. and been so confused because death is an absolute necessary necessary part of the life cycle. You know, without death, there can be no life and without life, there can be no death. Yeah. It's an integral part of the experience for those living and those dying, you know? Um, But when you are, you see, because the universe is a yes universe. The The universe is a, the universe gives you whatever you are putting out there. It perpetuates it over and over again. So that means whatever you're thinking inside of yourself, if you're creating, if you're living in a world of barriers, paradoxes, uh, limits, beliefs, and ideas about how things should be, then the universe is going to perpetuate that. And when you start to perpetuate a world in which things are, uh, are disallowed from existence or not allowed to be there or not allowed to happen, then you create all, you box yourself into very specific ways of being mm-hmm. and doing. And you limit yourself. You inherently you limit yourself through that process. So. I don't know. It's like the, you know, it's like the the politicians who are, who are, you know, staunchly anti-gay or or anti-anything. It's usually because they're like a closet. Yeah. A closet sex fiend. Right. You know. Right. In one way or another who keeps the gimp in the box. Yeah. You know. Yeah. They're the it creates deviancy. Right. You know. Mm Mm-hmm. And then again, I don't, you know, I don't know. Is there anything wrong with deviancy? The only time it becomes wrong in, and, and disruptive, I keep coming to this word because I think it's the most productive word, uh-huh. because I think, you know, you get into a state of calling things bad or not good. You know, yeah, you're yeah. immediately painting this picture of yeah. what good is and right. what's good. Right. Like, are we all supposed to be just, like, fucking shining beacons of angels? No. Uh, beacons of, oh, yeah. you know, angels? It's just... Yeah, it's, and what's
1: bad? I mean, that's a really important absurd. thing to be conscious of.
0: But I think it's about what's disruptive, what's life-giving, what's life-taking away.
1: Yeah, and another... What
0: makes you strong, what makes you weak?
1: Yeah, another thing I say is what's promoting serenity and what's not promoting serenity. Exactly. Within. Exactly. Exactly within me i think it's yeah i think you're making a very important point of uh
0: you know there's you know because there are people who are there are couples that are swingers and as someone who's in a monogamous marriage and that's the way that works for you you might think that's really quote-unquote bad or weird or fucked up or that's really (laughs) strange but if it works for the people who gives a shit you know what i mean yeah like if that makes sense, it doesn't right. make sense to me because I don't think uh, allowing my wife to have sex with other people—that just sounds really fucked. That's not interesting to me. That yeah, conjures yeah. way too much right anger, r- very primal sensations of yeah,
1: for sure, for sure. Of you know violence. Well, I mean, this is a very. Uh... sexuality is a very esoteric conversation of
0: well sexuality is just such a good it's a it's a good topic to dive into with this type of you know the good bad conversation because what does that really mean and that's where we get to using words like is it disruptive is it disruptive in your life that's with anything too yeah are you you use drugs great is it disruptive to your life or do you do it in a way that sort of fulfills you in some way that does not disrupt your life?
1: Yeah, I've been reading about epistemology, which is the philosophy, or maybe it's the study. The study of the like the foundation of beliefs as opposed to opinion. And I think it's interesting this... Uh, this conversation of like what is deviance because you know we know what criminal acts are and you can't just say oh that's that's what they felt like it's okay or we know what might be spiritually devolved cuz we're not crazy So I don't know. That's a whole other fucking podcast. No, but I think this
0: is a good way to wrap up this conversation because when you're talking about when you're talking to young men, talking to young men about
1: perfect, creating a
0: a structure or a scaffolding of what masculinity is.
1: It's true. It's true.
0: You know, it's all about what is disruptive? What is life giving? What's life reducing? what makes you strong what makes you weak you know there are very specific examples of you know and going back to sexuality
1: yeah yeah
0: and if if sexuality is a young boy's first taste of the red because they weren't in sports They didn't have a brother. Like, I think you and I had a taste of the red early on because we were fucking constantly in competition and fighting each other. Yeah, it's true. You know, like dad, dad had to tear us apart (laughs) because we were constantly at each other's throats. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and you learn a lot through that experience. Yeah you know but for a lot of young boys if your first taste of the red is through sexuality and then your sexuality becomes this sort of violent expression and then that leads into feeling as though there's no there's no other way to engage with a partner sexually other than raping them mm-hmm. this is where the 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 stronghold the accountability of male elders has to come in because you have to set the example of this is unacceptable behavior. This is something that, because you're crossing the line of, you're hurting another individual. You're yeah. causing pain and chaos in another person's life. Mm-hmm. So if you keep the baseline of existence of whatever it is you do and want to do and feel in, in you a in need of expression, the be, the the beam of the um what do you call it the uh the fucking the level of God damn it. The fuck balance? No The yard marker, the yardstick, the the um place of the Jesus Christ! I can't think of the fucking word, man. I don't know. Um, I, I can't think of the word. the The measuring stick. <laughs> it's not really what I want to say. Hmm. The measuring stick of what's acceptable and what's unacceptable is if you're disrupting the serenity or the the life path of another human being, of another any any living creature. Uh-huh. Then you're probably venturing into unacceptable behavior or disruptive right. behavior, right? You know. So if you can keep this sense of of solitude in how you're in your doing process, uh-huh. like we were talking about the being and the doing, right. So you have to go out and, you know, perform actions in your life. You feel compelled to seek out adventure and all of this. So
1: uh-huh.
0: keep that balancing stick, that measuring stick of am I disrupting the well being of another individual? And that takes some that takes a learn that's a learning experience. Mm. You know, and and while you may not be physically disrupting the life experience of another individual, You may be emotionally disrupting it or spiritually disrupting it. Right. And to keep this in mind as you go on your adventure, on your hero's journey of seeking out your destiny, of seeking out your inner truth, this is the yard marker of understanding, if that makes sense. Yeah,
1: no, it is. It definitely makes sense. And also... In line with compassion, it's a process, so you move closer to yourself through this process, yeah, yeah, and find your mentors man oh i yeah. would mentors say I would say another so thing to
0: to guys mentors are so fucking man, important
1: so them. so pivotal, dude, like and that's so a humbling many. experience too. Drop the ego and recognize that you need help to f- navigate this thing find. And and it's not just one guy. Find multiple guys that have what you want, whether it's the knowledge, the physical prowess, whatever. And be like, and and have the courage and the vulnerability to ask for help. Show Say, me the way. I, I don't. I don't know what's going on here. What What do you think? Yeah, that's, that's too, deeply important. That's so. That's totally part of the process. That's and it's not always your, your father. It's yeah. it, 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 it's usually somebody outside of your father. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Yeah, that's, that's... I love it. that. That's what I got. Yeah.
0: Well, all right. I mean, I think that was... Yeah. I think was, we did something there. That was great. Yeah. On
1: becoming a man. Yeah, I think we got laid some groundwork for sure. The
0: myths, the truths, the realities of manhood. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope you got something out of it. Ladies and all the ladies out there listening, maybe it's that resonated with you. Maybe you appreciated it. Maybe you fucking turned it off in the first 10 minutes. It's all good <laughs> either way. Um, I appreciate all of you guys, Gus. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for inspiring this convo. Yeah, thank you. It was a good one and, a, and an important one. Um, As we need great men, we we still need great men. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously I feel as though we're definitely coming into the awakening of the divine feminine Mm -hmm. or we've been here for a while now and we're we're on the precipice of that really um, rooting itself into the human culture. But we still need great men. We still need strong masculine forces to carry us through because they're equally important in the process um all right y'all well hey if you guys enjoyed that episode uh please be so kind to rate and review this podcast it is the greatest gesture of support you can give and i greatly appreciate it as always thank you so much for listening thank you so much for joining us on our adventure through figuring this thing out called life. Get to know yourself, y'all. That's the It's the name of the game. That's our purpose in life is really just to gain some understanding of ourselves through this process. And what you find is, Gus and I have had this conversation recently, the deeper you know yourself, the deeper understanding you have of others and the people around you in your life. It's a profound thing that happens because the more you get to know yourself your insecurities the things that make you tick your weak points the places in yourself in which you struggle with and you really surrender to these areas when you go out into the world and you're meeting with people you see them you see those things reflected back at you from other people And you have a much deeper understanding of who people are. Which leads you to having more compassion for the people around you. So think about that. Lots of love to you guys. Have an excellent rest of your day. That's about it y'all. See you on the flip side. Peace.